characteristics and qualities. A father is meant to put himself. This is what we learn from the legacy of Ahlul If your children love one another, parents spending quality time with their children. One of the greatest lessons of the day of Ashura and one of the greatest lessons of the uprising of Al-Imam Abu Abdullah Al-Hussein is to give importance to the family is to be able to understand our children is making our family a priority one of the greatest lessons that we learn from Imam Al-Hussein is sanctifying this blessed institution the institution of family and today if you look around the world you find people desperate for happiness within their households you find people desperate for tranquility and a peace of mind within their families the divide amongst family members the gap between family members is growing on daily basis lack of importance given to the family is more visible every single day and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brothers and sisters the religion of Islam has sanctified this establishment indeed the institution of family according to the religion of Islam is the most blessed and most beloved institution by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, every time He speaks of our relationship with Him, the Almighty Allah, spending time with Him, worshipping Him, praying to Him, then immediately right after that, Allah the Almighty speaks of our relationship with our parents. Therefore, family values in the religion of Islam, having a relationship with our family members is as important as having a relationship with the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And every time Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam spoke of our relationship with Allah, Immediately, he spoke of the importance of this relationship with our, with our blood relatives, with our parents, with our children, with our brothers, with our sisters, with our cousins, aunts, uncles. The religion of Islam, the Holy Quran, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam tell us that if you want to pay charity fi sabilillah, charity fi sabilillah, the first place you should look for is not the masjid, is not even orphans. The first place you should look for is within your family and within your household and within your blood relatives. If there is somebody in need, the sadaqah must go to them. It must aid them. It must help them before others. If you have extra attention to give, give it to your family. 
If you want to show love, then begin with your family. If you want to forgive, then begin with your family. If you have compassion and mercy, then it should start from your home, not elsewhere. Don't go around being charitable, merciful, compassionate, kind, forgiving. Everywhere else besides your own home. Besides your own blood relatives. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam speaks of this on numerous occasions. Countless times Rasulullah has stated to his companions, Usikum bil-da'ifayn. Take care of those two within your family, children and women. Take care of them. Guard them. Protect them. Show them love. Show them compassion. Be kind to them. خيركم, خيركم the best of you, the most noble of you, are the best to their family members, to their children. And tonight, brothers and sisters, as we gather here and we commemorate this personality, the personality of Ali ibn al Hussein ibn Ali. وَكَانَ أَشْبَهُ النَّاسِ خَلْقًا وَخُلُقًا وَمَنْطِقًا بِرَسُولِ اللَّهِ He most resembled whom? Rasulullah. Yes, in his physical appearance. He most resembled Rasulullah. But in his akhlaq, he also resembled Rasulullah. In his morality, he also resembled Rasulullah. In his manners... He also resembled Rasulullah. He had not seen Rasulullah. He hadn't witnessed the Prophet. So how was it that he became most similar to the last messenger of God? Who taught him that? Who gave him that upbringing? It was his father Hussein ibn Ali who taught him to be like Rasulullah. Children just don't, aren't born to this life acting like the Prophet. It was his father, Al-Imam Al-Husayn, who made Ali Al-Akbar who he was. It was the quality time that Imam Al-Husayn spent with his children, with his family. Something that is missing in our lives today. Parents spending quality time with their children. Not treating their homes like a bed and breakfast. Like a motel. You come, you eat, you sleep. Next day you take a shower and you leave. Why? Because I want to secure a good future for my kids. Why? Because I want to buy the biggest home. Those children will not always be looking for money from you. You're not an ATM machine. They want quality time from you. Sit with them, speak to them, hear of their problems, hear of their emotions. A lot of people find problems within their families. and The first thing they say is, Sayyid, I have done whatever it takes. I work day, I work the night, I work three jobs, I make so much money. I buy them a new home, I buy them a new car, I give them all credit cards. What else do they expect from me? I tell you what they expect from you. They expect quality time. Don't say, well, Sayyid, we sit on the dinner table every Saturday and Sunday and we have a meal together. While everybody's texting, while they're watching TV. That's spending time in close proximity, not quality time. And believe me, as soon as a problem occurs within the family, make sure that you, this is the first question you ask yourself. 
you're a mother, if you're a father, ask yourself, have I been giving quality time to my husband, to my wife, to my children? Have I made the family a priority? Imam al-Hussein made his family a priority in his life. Rasulullah made his family a priority in his life. This is what we learn from the legacy of Ahl al-Bayt. Al-Imam Amir al-Mu'mineen wa Mawla al-Muwahideen, he made his family a priority for himself. And this is how the offsprings of this household were Hassan, Hussein, Zainab, Abu al-Faddal Abbas, Qasim, Aliyun al-Akbar. It wasn't just that they were born and raised miraculously in such a way and their parents never gave them attention. Today, if you're a father at the age 60, 70 years old, look at your family. If your children are in harmony with one another, if your children love one another, if your children are compassionate with one another, then you have been a good father. May Allah bless you. Your place is Jannah. But if your children cannot stand each other, they don't see eye to eye, they don't forgive each other. They don't ask about one another. Know that you have failed as a father. Because it's been your job to create harmony and peace within the household. To teach your children to love and forgive one another. You were the role models for them. Don't accuse them. Don't point fingers at them. And if this is the case, fix this problem before you depart this dunya. Before you're seven feet under, on your back in your grave, and you're cut off from this life, and you're cut off from this dunya. Why? Because there is nothing greater in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than creating peace and harmony within the family. And this is going to be your sadaq al-jariyah after you depart. Every time they see each other, they help each other. They show mawaddah and rahmah to one another. Then Allah will shower your grave with compassion and mercy and rahmah. But if you depart, the moment you depart, they are going to be run af running after the inheritance and your money and your wealth. And then never speaking to one another. Then good luck to you facing Allah. Good luck to you. In your grave. I tell you. If you. Go to Allah with shortcomings in your salah. If you go to Allah with shortcomings in your siyam. If you go Allah with if you go to Allah with sins to your grave and the day of judgment, Allah may forgive us. And if you repent, Allah will surely forgive us. لا تقنطوا من رحمة الله إن الله يغفر الذنوب جميعا But if you go to Allah with perfect salah 
If you go to Allah with perfect siyam, if you go to Allah with hajj and zakat and khums and salat al-layl, but with a shattered heart of your son, a broken heart of your daughter, Allah will not forgive that. Because that is a haqq that belongs to them. It does not belong to Allah. This is the right of your children unto you, your family unto you. Allah says, I may forgive my rights, but I cannot forgive their rights. And on the day of judgment, you're responsible. وَقِفُوهُمْ إِنَّهُمْ Hold them accountable. Hold them. Let them answer. Let them respond. Especially fathers who rule the home with an iron fist. They only police their children. They only punish their children. They only put them down, humiliate them, break them. Fathers who mentally and physically abuse their children. Fathers who raise their hands. And physically hurt their kids. Isn't this child yours? Isn't he a part of you? A father is meant to put himself in danger for his kids. Sacrifice his rest for his kids. Be willing to endure the pain for the sake of his kids, not the other way around. Not that if you have difficulty at work, if you've got fired from work, if somebody said something to you at work, then you come and take it out on, on, take it out on your children, on those innocent children. All the fuqaha, all the ulama, all the marajah have given a fatwa. If you physically hit your kids... First of all, it's haram. Second, you have to pay them diya. You have to pay them a penalty. You have to ask them for forgiveness. One day, a man, they say a man was taken by a tyrant from Bani Umayyah. And he happened to be a follower of Ahl al-Bayt, a true follower of Ahl al-Bayt. So they were whipping him, saying, you have to confess on a crime. He says, but I didn't do this crime. I, wouldn't, I won't confess. They whipped him and whipped him until he started bleeding. And he says, I won't confess. I would rather die and not confess to this sin because I haven't done it. So they asked, does he have any kids? They said, yeah, he has one son. That's the only one he has in this life. They said, bring his son. They brought his son. They said, strip him out of his clothes. Lay him down. Let's whip him. As soon as they wanted to whip his son, he says, I'm willing to confess. Khalas. They said to him, why? He said, because the whips were falling on my back. Now they're going to fall on my heart. And I cannot tolerate that. I can't handle that. This is supposed to be the relationship of a father with his children. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dedicates an entire surah in the Holy Quran, not one ayah, not two ayat, not ten ayah, an entire chapter, Surah Luqman, 
Luqman, this wise man, this man that's been praised by the Almighty Allah, worthy enough to have an entire chapter in the last revelation of God. When Allah wants to highlight the life of Luqman, he speaks of his relationship with his son. I'm sure Luqman had many beautiful characteristics and qualities in his life. Go read his biography. One of the most fascinating people. However, Allah highlights this portion of his life. When he spoke to his children. When he gave time to his kids and when he spent quality time with his son. إِذْ قَالَ لُقْمَانُ لِبْدِهِ وَهُوَ يَعِظُهُ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ إِنَّ الشِّرْكَ لَظُلْمٌ عَظِيمٌ And he continues to give, give advice to his son. And this advice is eternally recognized by the Almighty God within the Holy Qur'an. No? Do we not learn from the Qur'an? Do we not keep the Qur'an as our ultimate role model? I tell you sometimes, you will come across parents within our community. His name is Hussein, his name is Ali, his name is Muhammad. This is his name, this is his title. But when you get into his life, he is Shimr, Yazid. This is the reality. That is why you find people, kids running away from their homes. Kids abandoning the religion of Islam. Why? Because he sees his father, he stands for Salah, Allahu Akbar, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. The Salah takes 50 minutes with Allah. And then he does ta'qibat, and then he does recite the Qur'an, and then he reads half of Mafatih al-Janan, but he doesn't give 15 minutes to his son. He doesn't give 15 minutes to his daughter. Parents who years pass, they won't pick up the phone once and call their children and tell them how much they appreciate them, how much they miss them, how much they love them. No. I am the father, he should come to me. I am the mother, she... I won't ask about them if they don't ask about me. What kind of arrogance is this? What kind of Islamic morality is this? What kind of akhlaq is this? Don't call yourself Abdullah. Because Allah wants you to be as kind and compassionate as He is with His creation. With your children. Call yourself Abdul Faraon. Allah has our creator and He shows us love in every aspect of our lives and He wants us to be the same way with our family, with those around us. And that is why tonight I am here to address this very important topic, brothers and sisters. Toxic parents. Today, when you speak of depression, anxiety, fear, stress, lack of sleep, most of that goes back to toxic parenting. I spoke of mental health several nights ago. But the greatest cause of any sort of mental illness amongst people is a bad childhood. Our toxic parents, they are the greatest cause of failure and depression and stress. And this, this needs to be addressed. This needs to be spoken of. This needs to be fixed. 
Wallah, brothers and sisters, we will be asked on the Day of Judgment. We will be questioned. If you believe in an Akhirah, and if you believe in a grave, and if you believe in the Yawm Al-Qiyamah, then take this advice seriously. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in chapter 8, Surah Al-Anfal, the verse that I began my lecture with, says, وَعْلَمُوا and know, all of you, أَنَّمَا أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ أَمْوَالُكُمْ وَأَوْلَادُكُمْ فِتْنَةٌ Know that your wealth and your children are fitna, a test from Allah. You know what some people think? Some people think, well, Allah is testing me with my wealth. So this means I should give my wealth. And Allah is testing me with my children, so I should not give them as much attention. Instead, I should give attention to Allah. That's not what it means. Believe me, if you give attention to your children, Allah will be okay with that. You don't have to read Mufatih al-Janan. Allah is more pleased with you spending time, time with your children and your family. What this means in terms of wealth, and I want to say this, brothers and sisters. Allah, you see, when, when we work so hard for money, we knock at every door. We don't sleep the night. We don't rest the day. We do whatever it takes to make that money. We're willing to go the extra mile. We don't mind being disrespected. We will kiss up to our boss any day. We are willing to do all of that to make this money, right? And sometimes Allah tests us. He says, here is $5 million for you. Here's $10 million for you. Go. And we think Allah loves me so much. Because He's given me all this wealth. Now it's your test. This is where your test starts. The bigger your bank account grows, the more successful you are at work, the more you are able to work yourself up the ladder, guess what? The more responsibility you have. The longer you have to wait in the day of judgment. The more questions you have to answer. It's like somebody who has no income. They don't pay tax. Khalas, on the end of the year. Year in, year out. He doesn't even go to the accountant. But those guys who make millions... Can they go to the accountant for 15 minutes? No. I'll spend five days with this accountant. In fact, they have accountants at their office. Same exact issue applies when we stand in front of Allah on the Day of Judgment. What do I mean? If you were willing to do all those things to make this money, how come now when it comes to giving that back to Allah, Giving your homes, giving your zakat, giving your donations, being charitable in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wallah, I don't want to deal with anybody. Khalas, I'm tired. How come you're willing to do whatever it takes to resolve your problems at work? But now, when it comes to doing this fi sabilillah, you have no patience. You don't want to go the extra mile. You don't want to uh, uh, spend sleepless nights. You don't want to deal with anxiety, fi sabilillah. Fi sabil, giving that money back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is hypocrisy. How come is it that you're not willing to go and, for example, look for those orphans, look for those needy people, Spend time to establish something fi sabilillah that's going to stay forever. That's going to be your sadaq al-jariya in your grave. Yes? And in Islamic organizations, just like any organization, just like any business, there will be disagreements. 
there will be differences of opinion. There will be people who are rude. There will be people who are jealous. There will be people who will have conflict of interest. There will be people who are not on the right track. Do we give up? Do we say, khalas, we don't want to work with them? That's it, I'm done? No. You stay there. You fix that problem. And you take care of it. Because tomorrow awaits you, your akhirah. And when we die, brothers, when we see Israel in front of us, that's it. We are alive. This is what the Quran says. Your soul is stuck here. You cannot move. You cannot speak. You say, what is going on? They tell you, إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ يَوْمَئِذِنِ الْمَسَاقِ You have to depart now. When we see Israel in that moment, they say there is two calls. One from the dunya that says, how much is he leaving? What is he leaving behind? How many properties? How many cars? How many bank accounts? How many companies? And the malaika will say, Mada qaddam? What did he send to his akhirah? How did he decorate his grave? Think of the moment, brothers and sisters. Just today, before I came, I was informed of a young man, one of my friends who passed away. May Allah bless his soul. What a loving young man he was. They realized last, last month that he has cancer and today he departed this dunya. Do we think of that moment? Or is death not for us? Are we not going to face this destiny? We're immune to death. Think of that moment, brothers and sisters. Think of the moment they strip you away from your clothes. They take this watch, whatever it's worth, they put it aside. Your glasses, they put them aside. They strip us of everything we have. They lay us on the muqtasan. Ma li la abki. Abki li zulmati qabri. أبكي لسؤال منكر ونكير إياي أبكي لضيق لحدي Imam Zain al-Abidin, what does he say in dua Abu Hamza? Why shouldn't I cry? When I remember the day that they put me on the mukhtasal and then they carry me to my final destination, rest place and they place me in my grave and that grave I have not prepared. In that grave I have not decorated. So Allah says, Your wealth is fitna. It's a test from Allah. And then He says, They are also a test. How so? By giving them the right upbringing. By taking care of them. This greatest ni'mah, blessing by Allah given to humanity as your child. And like I said, some people will suffer their entire life due to toxic parents. I want to talk about the effects of toxic parenting in our adult life. How is it that they can be connected to one another? Number one, people from, will suffer from what's called an anxiety disorder. What does that mean? It means people will always be alert, waiting for 
danger. They cannot sit still. They cannot relax. They're always on edge. This is due to getting flashbacks of their childhood memories. Awaiting to be punished and put down the whole time. They recall that in their childhood, they were never able to rest. They were always waiting for something to go wrong. And you know some parents, whatever happens, whatever goes wrong in the house, they blame their kids. It's the easiest way out. The father says to his, the, the husband says to her, his wife, what, why did you do this? Why is this happening in the house? She says, Wallah, this Ahmed, he did it. Blames her son. And vice versa, the wife is complaining to her husband, so he blames the kids. I know some parents, some fathers, he's watching football. And his team, his team loses, he blames his kids. Are you kidding me? He's picking a fight with his son because his team lost. And this is how we are as well when it comes to Allah. We think our relationship with the Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one where we have to await danger to come, punishment to come. For Allah, He's waiting, He's sitting there waiting for me to make a mistake so that he can punish me. When we are in our grave, instead of Allah welcoming us, forgiving us, Allah is going to send us snakes and scorpions. This is how we imagine and envision God. And many people will do this. Which causes anxiety for people. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when He receives us, He receives us with love and compassion. Allahumma, if you have seen Salat al-Janazah, Allahumma inna hadha al-musajja bayna aydeena abduka wa abnu abdik wa abnu amatik nazala bik wa anta khayru manzoolin bih. Oh Allah, He is your guest and you are the best of hosts. The most generous of hosts, the most forgiving of hosts. Why do we make Allah the most vicious? He's just waiting for us to, He's waiting to punish us and hurt us in the dunya and in the akhirah. This is because of flashbacks people have, this anxiety disorder. It's because of Flashbacks people have of their childhood memories where they were waiting to be punished 24-7 even when they hadn't done anything wrong. Every time his father calls him, why? Every time his mom calls him, that's it. He's, he can't rest anymore. Because you know, they will call me if they want to punish me. They won't call me and say, come and sit down, let me hug you and kiss you and love you. No, they will call me if there's something that went wrong. When Musa was going to Mount Sinai, he was going, so some old guy says to him, Musa, come, where are you going? He says, I'm going to Mount Sinai to meet the Almighty God. He says, I want you to take a message to him. He says, yeah, sure, why? He says, tell him I hate him. Tell him to leave me alone. Tell him I don't want to have anything to do with him. Please, just leave me alone. So Musa says, okay, left. Allah says, وَوَاعَدْنَا مُوسَىٰ ثَلَاثِينَ لَيْلَهُ وَأَتْمَمْنَاهَا 
بعشر فتم ميقات ربه أربعين ليلة. So he met Allah for forty nights. And he had messages and they spoke and last days came. Allah says, Musa, do you have a message for me? He says, no, Allah. Are you sure, Musa? There is nothing you want to tell me? Yes, of course. The last day came. Allah says, Musa, do you have a message for me? Musa says, Wallah, I do, Ya Allah, but يعني, it's disrespectful. He says, Musa, is this message for you or for me? If it's for me, give me the message. So Musa says to him, Ya Allah, I saw this guy. He says he hates you. And he wants you to leave him alone. What does Allah say? Allah says, Musa, when you return, tell this man, I created you. How can I leave you alone? I created you. How can I abandon you? You know, sometimes we cannot speak to our parents because we are afraid. Because we're not going there to praise them. We are being critical, but we are afraid. We cannot be critical with them. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says to us, as long as you speak to me, I like it. Even if you're being critical. As long as you have something to say to me, I am willing to hear you. This is the true essence of Arhamur Rahameen, the most compassionate Lord. Some people, when they grow, they suffer from insecurity, lack of self-confidence, and being self-critical. Even if everything goes right, he's still critical of himself. If everything is perfect, he's still not content, he's still not happy. Why? Because in his childhood, everything he did was not good enough. Because as a child, he needed to be completely perfect because the love offered to him or to her was conditional. Parents who offer conditional love to their children. If you pass your grades, I will love you. If you wake up for Salat al-Subh, I will love you. If, for example, you take out the trash on daily basis, I will love you. Or else I don't love you. Why should I love you? Don't ever feel your children that you don't love them. That you dislike them. Some children will tell you, I know for a fact my parents hate me. Why? It's because we tried to discipline them, but we couldn't discipline them in the right way. So we made them feel that if they want to be loved, they have to follow our commands. If they don't follow our commands, they are not loved. Is this how Allah preaches it in the Quran? No, Allah says, قُلْ يَا عِبَادِي يَا عِبَادِي You belong to me. الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا You're drowning in sin. عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Allah loves you. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا وَإِذَا سَأَلَكَ عَنِّي عِبَادِي فَإِنِّي قَرِيبٌ أُجِيبُ دَعْوَةَ الدَّاعِي إِذَا دَعَانَ فَلْيَسْتَجِيبُوا لِي وَلْيُؤْمِنُوا بِي When everyone closes their doors, does not give you a chance, Allah is willing to give you a chance. This is how Allah preaches his discipline in the Quran. I'm not saying tell your kids to fail and not to wake up for salah. No. But don't do that on the expense of love within the family. Compassion within the family. And that is why people sometimes grow up, they're always self-critical. 
There is something wrong with me. Wallah, there is nothing wrong with you. You are a good person. No, I'm not. Third, is insecurities in relationships. You know, some people in relationships, they don't know what they want. They look for love elsewhere because they never found it at home. But when they get into a relationship, first of all, they can't settle. Number two, they can't trust anyone because they'll say, I don't think this person really loves me. Even if that person loves them, truly loves them, they won't believe it. They won't be able to let go. They're holding on to this person 24-7. Why? Because they feel this person is going to leave anytime. Because they were not spoken of love when they were children. Imam al-Hussein on this day, on the day of Muharra, on the day of Ashura, he says to Ali al-Akbar, even in the last moments, he says, Bunayya Ali, ala dunya min ba'dakal, afa qabbahallahu al-aisha ba'daka ya Ali. Oh my son Ali, after you life is meaningless. Speaks of his love for his son. The reason why Fatima and Ali were successful is because they grew up in the house of Rasulullah and Rasulullah was not greedy in showing his love. On the day of the marriage of Fatima, when she gave her wedding gown to that poor girl who wanted to attend her own wedding and she went and she wore her old dress, you know the story. They informed Rasulullah. Rasulullah says, Fa'alat? Really? This is what she did? Fa'alat fidaha abuha. Fidaha abuha. This is how Rasulullah spoke to Fatima. Kanat idha dakhalat alayhi قام لها وقبلها وقبل يدها وأجلسها مجلسه عائشة says so when she would enter onto Rasulullah he would stand up he would rise you see fathers today they rise for their children the back slaps him if he walks in front of him Rasulullah would stand up. He would kiss her. He would kiss her hand. And he would give his chair, his, his spot to Fatima. So Fatima became Fatima. Someone committed in her family. Someone committed in her relationship. Other problems is lack of independence. You know, some people, when they grow up, they cannot be independent. They are dependent always on other people. Why? Because they suffered from what is called helicopter parents. Surveillance parents. Parents who don't leave them alone. 24-7 helicopter roaming around his head. Surveillance. Don't leave them alone. Everything they do, even when they go to the bathroom, they have to be monitored. Why are you taking so long in the shower? Who are you speaking to? What are you doing on your phone? What is that on your laptop? Every time he goes inside and outside the house, Ta'al, let me smell you. Do, we, do you smell like cigarettes? Give them independence. Teach them how to Make mistakes and learn from their mistakes. You know, some people, they grow up and really they cannot be independent. They're always depending on someone. Please help me with this. You could do it on your own. Why do you need, your, why do you need help and everything? No, no, please, I can't. This is due to 
helicopter parents. Let us move on. Another of the major issues when it comes to people suffering at an old age as in, an, in their adult lives is depression due to guilt. Guilt that I was never good enough. I never did well. My parents were never happy with me. And especially parents who compare their children to others. Look at Hamoudi. He got into this college, he got into this university, shame on you. Look at her, she got into medical school. Ah. Compare siblings to one another, create jealousy within the house. Compare them to their cousins, compare them to their... Yeah, if you compare him to his cousin, compare yourself to his father as well. You cannot cherry-pick situations to your advantage. Don't compare people to one another. They will literally grow up with depression, depression due to guilt. And the last one that I want to cover is lack of rest. Some people cannot rest. Some people cannot enjoy life. They have to be doing something the whole time. They have to be running around. They have to be doing something productive. Tell them you have to rest. You have to teach your children, you have to teach yourself to enjoy life. Go on a vacation. Spend money on yourself. Be happy. He says no. Why? Because as a child they felt this is why they are there. If they don't do all those things, then the world, the family is better without them. This is why you're here. If you don't do this, then why are you? What's, what's your use? And they will grow up with all sorts of problems, brothers and sisters. Today we have to talk about them. We have to address them. We cannot just give a blind eye to all those problems within our families. Every year you hear of young men and women taking their lives, committing suicide, running away from their homes. And it's time that we stop shying away from such topics. And I want to tell you this, with this sentence I want to conclude. This is the sentence I want to conclude with. If you want to know Aliyun al-Akbar, you have to understand that he enjoyed an amazing relationship with his father. And with his mother Layla. This is the secret ingredient to his upbringing. And to who he was. And who he came to be. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah.